Power Hour LSU Boom All night Let a naysayer know. Let's go that Garrett Nussmeyer is coming for it all next season, baby. Let's freaking go. Let's go. Huh? <laughs> Was it pretty? No. Do we need to make some wholesale changes? Yes. Are there a lot of things that make you go, where was this defense for the rest of the game? Yes, but we got a dub, and there is nothing better, and I mean nothing better than the future QB1 of LSU leading a 98-yard drive without Malik Neighbors, without Logan Diggs. Give Garrett Nussmeyer a lot of credit. Okay, so there is a lot that we're going to get into. I know a lot of us want to talk about next season and what Gary Nussmeyer could do. You see the poll question right there for yourself. So obviously there is so many different layers to peel back here. But the big story is Gary Nussmeyer. There's no other way around it. 395 yards, obviously a bad pick at the end of the first half. Obviously, those first couple of drives, he missed some open players that would have moved the sticks, and he's got to do a better job of making those decisions. Obviously, we had to have a pretty serious discussion about the running game uh, for LSU, which had its moments uh, this season. But look, the bottom line is Garrett Nussmeyer could play. He could play. He can flat out freaking play. And I understand that the QB run game is a big piece of what we do. I totally get it. And we have still really yet to see Garrett Nussmeyer scramble. There were some scramble opportunities there and some shorter throw opportunities there and just taking what the defense should give you. But that's the story. He was fan-freaking-tastic. And it's not necessarily the throws it's getting people lined up it's the leadership it's the little things that honestly make you wonder is this guy the son of a guy who's coached pretty much everywhere in the country so i give doug nussmeyer a lot of credit because you can just see in garrett's first start all the little things that he did before the game-winning touchdown to btj um Garrett Nussmeyer did get everybody lined up properly, right? Uh, The play clock was running down, and, well, he got them lined up, and we scored. We didn't have to burn a timeout. Uh, That is very critical in the second half of a close game. So I, I, I am just blown away with how good he was. But if you're a fan of PHL, you know that this really did not shock me at all. I do want to go through some other positives and negatives from this game. A huge positive and by far the best unit on the field today was the LSU offensive line. They were perfect in pass protection pretty much this entire game. 
Will Campbell and Emory Jones might have just played their best games at LSU. They were that freaking good. And Charles Turner had a tough go at it, a really good second half. Uh, tip of the cap to him. If he actually does make the jump, I think he will. And it's going to be interesting, um, obviously, this offseason with what's going to happen with Lance Hurd. Um, but that's not the discussion today. So the LSU offensive line, fantastic. The LSU offense needs to realize that Caleb Jackson is the guy. There's still some things that I see that Caleb can 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 do better. And obviously, his two big plays did come at the end of the first half when the defense is a little bit more tired. But Caleb is something special, and we got to figure out what the, the, the best way to use him moving forward actually is. Also, we knew Garrett Nussmeyer would probably be pretty good today. I did not. I think the most shocking, great performance today was Chris Hilton. Chris Hilton was stupendously good. The, I mean, a thing for Chris, for me, is there were times where he would make plays just purely based on his speed. But there honestly had been more negatives than positives on the field with Chris Hilton, right? Obviously, the injuries, the lack of spectacular wow plays, the lack of plays that make you go, wow, um, this guy is a top 100 player. That was not the case today. He made special plays today. Special. I don't know if it's going to translate to next season. He's not really a tackle breaker per se, but he was really good today. And he honestly should have been better because Garrett Nussmeyer underthrew him and poorly missed him on, on a few go routes um, in the game. Obviously, he had one that should have gone for a 98-yard touchdown. And then there was another that was underthrown, and Chris Hilton made a ridiculously difficult catch. This was a really good game for Chris. And personally, I love Chris. Like, I just do because he has been rumored as a transfer because it's not really worked out for him. And all he's done is just stuck it out with all the injuries and all uh, the people out there, including myself, that's doubted if he is a true SEC Power 5 receiver. This was a huge step in the right direction for him. And now the question is going to be, could could he be something? Can he really be something? I'm still not totally sold yet, but he was unfreaking believably good today. There's no other way around it. Um it, it, he really was that good. And obviously, I'm really happy Malik Neighbors got the record. He he just did. Um, and then he got into sweats in the second half. That was something that was kind of just out there. I, I didn't, you know, I was asked about that uh, in, in, in the pregame. And I was just, you know, I, I know we all have different opinions on that. But let's give Brian Thomas Jr. a lot of credit for sticking it out and actually playing in the second half because we're not winning the game if he doesn't do that. Obviously, BTJ was our best receiver today. He had a tough first half. Obviously, stepped out of bounds and then had the fumble. But in the second half, once again, the deep touchdown and then the very difficult touchdown catch, that was unreal. I mean, BTJ, there's nothing for him to gain in this fourth quarter. Really nothing. I mean, he's going to be a first-round receiver. There's nothing he could have done today to put him ahead of Malik or Marvin Harrison. Maybe today puts him ahead of Keon Coleman or the Adunzi guy. I doubt that. BTJ, stupendous, all-time LSU Tiger. I mean, he really was. This was a legendary season. And if Malik wasn't Malik, we would be celebrating BTJ even more than we already do. 
Creek, thank you so much for the super chat. Creek, if you want to talk more offense, we'll talk more offense. If you want to talk more defense, we'll talk more defense. Obviously, this is the last live stream after a game, okay? We need your support the rest of the way. PHL Nation, you know I love you, okay? Okay. Now, Jared rightfully calls me out on this. I thought this game was going to go under. I really did. Um, it is crazy how much the overs have hit. LSU 12-1 and one on the game total overs. Okay, Trey Holly had the ridiculous one earlier this year, but these overs have mostly not been close. LSU has been clearing these easily, and this season will go down as one of the best offensive seasons in LSU history. Obviously, they had the best offensive season in LSU history just a few seasons ago. This LSU offense will go down in the history books. Okay, and. Believe it or not, this is going to sound even wilder, what I'm about to show you. Because of Garrett Nussmeyer's heroics, I would love for someone with numbers who's way smarter than me actually look this up. This is the first season in college football history a team has averaged seven yards per play in every game that they've played. That is re-freaking-dunculous. Seven yards per play, y'all. 6.2 as a college football playoff level offense. 6.2. So I understand this is Wisconsin. This isn't really that good of a team. They're seven and five. They had a lot of opt-outs. Um, we didn't really have hardly any opt-outs outside of quarterback. Um th this will be one of the best offenses. And I'll go off and say um that this is the second best offense. I think I've seen in the history of the SEC. Okay. If not the best, you know, statistically to not have a game under seven yards per play is ridiculous. So you look at the overall stats here, obviously a pretty evenly matched game. Total yards were pretty much even passing yards, rushing yards, even penalties, even first downs, third downs, fourth downs. This is about as even of a box score as you're going to find. So congrats uh, for those that, you know, took Wisconsin in those points. Um, pretty ridiculous. Um, which then lends us to the defense. All right. I know a lot of you want to talk about the defense. They were bad. They were really, really, really bad today. But sometimes the sign of good potential defenses is not if you make plays, but when you make them. And the one thing that worked for LSU is honestly just one very simple switch. It is something we've talked about ad nauseum on our film studies. And I think the film study will air tomorrow night. So be on the lookout for that. We'll still do our normal live stream at 815 Central. But look, this is just the simple truth. Putting Mason Smith as the zero tech nose guard is where the defense has made their big plays. He made the big play today to seal it. Obviously, Jordan Jefferson had a coverage sack on the play before that forced a fumble. And then on the next play, Mason Smith was subbed back into the game. He gets the rush from the zero nose. Okay, so for those that don't want to wait for the film study, the zero nose is straight head up on the center. Now, why do I like pass rushing from the zero nose? That's actually where I rushed 
uh, when I played. Because if you have a good zero nose that can get pass rush, you are going to get guaranteed A-gap pressure. So why is that important? A-gap pressure is infinitely more valuable than B-gap, C-gap, and edge pressure. So when you get pressure right up the middle, it doesn't matter how elusive you are. It's hard to get out of it. And Mason making that play was a difference. And then Matt House did a smart thing on the fourth and long. Don't just sit back in the coverage. Just bring the house. They're not going to have enough time to get past the sticks. We brought the house, get the Greg Pinsack, and then it's kneeled down. Blouses, get on the bus. We are out of here. Um, Desmond, thank you for the cash up. I really appreciate it. Um, do I read anything into BK saying organization issues? Um, I, 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 I don't know exactly what you're referencing. I, he might have said it in a post game. Uh, interview I was getting ready to do uh, this show so um, let me know okay now as excited as I was that the LSU defense made some plays towards the end this this was still really bad we I thought major burns after a brutal first half had some really nice plays in the second half but I'm not sure if he's your answer at safety one thing that I would like to see, okay, and this is more so an off-season topic. I would move Toviano from corner to safety. I thought Toviano got beat really bad on some reps today. Also saw him make some really good plays. But there was a, a play on a counter GT where Toviano made an unreal tackle. And it was only a... A six yard gain and actually it was only a four yard gain and he brought the wood right it was a perfect form tackle and he actually scored at the ball loose I thought Tobiano did some good things today stamps had a just rough day overall those two hung in there obviously Sage Ryan had his good points he also had his bad points um you know he gave up a touchdown that was called back for a holding penalty and it was a holding penalty that Mason Smith Drew on some pressure up the middle. And look, the bottom line is this. Who had excellent games today for LSU on defense? Mason Smith. I, that's about it. He was the only guy that had an excellent game. The others, it was tough. It was really, really, really tough. Um, you know, Harold Perkins, obviously, as Ethan points out here, uh, very good play uh, to score a touchdown. We, we got to figure something out here. I, I don't know what the answer is defensively, how to use them, but that we, we need to have something done about that. Um, but overall, you know, I, I thought Tobiano did do some good things today. This was a tough day for the true freshman. I thought Whit Weeks did some fine things, missed a few plays here and there, but tough day for Jackson Howard, tough day for Deshaun Womack. They are just true freshmen, though. Um, they, they, they just, it, it's, it, it hurt. Um, uh, it hurt seeing them struggle versus grown men offensive tackle. Wisconsin has great offensive linemen. They always do every year. Um, and Womack made one hell of a play on special teams on kickoff coverage as he's done all season. Tough day for them. Tough day. Outside of Mason Smith, we struggled getting off blocks. 
and we just struggled to make a place defensively. That's all there is to it. The tackling w- was uh, not so great today either, better than some other games. But then again, look, they put up 35 points on us, um, or 31 points on us, excuse me, without Braylon Allen. Does Wisconsin win this game if they're actually at full strength offensively? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. They were missing their number three and number four receiver, but they were missing their best running backs. I will tell you, just looking at the film, I start cutting the film study while the game is going on. Um, Their running backs struggled to miss tackles that their other guys would have would have forced them to miss. So this idea that opt-outs don't hurt your, your bowl chances, they do. They really, really, really do. Um. And while I bring that up, you know, one thing uh, that I would say is I hope and 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 pray we remember BTJ's performance today, um, because BTJ could have very well in his right. I doubt he's coming back next season, but he very well in his right could have done what Malik Neighbors did and just said, "Hey, I'm I, I'm done. I played the first half. I got I helped get my buddy his record, and and now deuces. Good luck." But he stuck it out. So he deserves a lot of kudos for that, putting his first-round draft stock on the line. And maybe he was doing that to help his first-round draft stock. I don't know. But it, it was a really good performance. Let's go to Ed here. Where was Harold Perkins for? Yeah, once again, I, I go back to this defensively. Where and, and I brought this up in the pregame. And I said, hey, let's try Womack at one end, um, Howard at the other. Didn't work. Uh, they they had tough days. They had really really tough days. Savian Jones had another tough day today. Uh, Parishian was 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 non-existent. We have got, and it was good to see Wingo back. We have got to figure out what we want to do on our defensive edges. It doesn't matter who we bring in. It doesn't matter if Brian Kelly himself is calling the defensive plays. It, it, it doesn't matter who, all right? You have got to control and set edges on the defense. You just do, all right? In the modern game, it is so important to do that. Hell, not even the modern game. Just any era, you've got to set the edges. You can go back to when Jim Thorpe wore, wore le- when they wore the leather helmets, right? You let Jim Thorpe get the edge, it's it's Sayonara, okay? We, we've got to set edges. And there was a third and four where we did not set the edge, and they were able to pick up a first down. And it was one of the true freshmen. So it's tough. It's one of the hardest things to do in football, any position. They're... they're Sometimes I think with some of these modern offenses, setting an edge is as difficult as playing corner. And corner is really hard. Um and 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 you know that you just gotta have the athletes to do it. You know, there's only so much teaching you can do. But there are some schematic things about our edge setting that needs to get um addressed. And maybe just maybe including myself, because he did have some some low moments. Maybe Ali Gay wasn't as bad as people think he he, he was, uh, or not as good as people 
thought he was. Either way, let's go to Alan Super Chat. Thank you so much, Alan. I really appreciate it. Um, going into next year, it would be better to have a ball control offense to help out a bad defense in hopes of the D improving at some point next season. So, um, uh, just for reference, I'm not. I don't. I don't think Blake's doing a show tonight. So I, I normally do AYS with him 730s because of the bowl game being on a Monday. We're not going to have any live chatter at all. Um, let me. He and I disagree on this. I don't believe in the ball control offensing. Do I think the LSU offense next season could be a little bit more run based? I do. I really, really, really do because I think this could be the first time in a long time where the running back room is just far more talented than the wide receiver room. And the LSU wide receiver room is going to be really talented, especially since Kyron Lacey is healthy. Um, You know, normally with, you know, he had a knee injury and it looked like a non-contact knee injury. He just banged knees with the defender. When you look at the replay, they don't wear knee pads anymore. So if you're wearing a knee pad, that probably doesn't hurt. Um, So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't agree with that, okay? Because th- th- this is this is why I don't believe in it. Philosophically, the goal in football is to score more points than the other team. In order to win, you have got to score points, right? So why would we deter our point scoring for the sake of the defense, right? Do we have any evidence that holding on to the football for way longer periods of time, infinitely makes your defense better. In some ways, I could see it, right? Like you keep the other team's good quarterback off the off the field. I, I could see it, and especially if we have a good offensive line. But I also think you are sacrificing the efficiency of the more important side of the football for the sake of the other team not putting out a competent, rational defense. Perfect example is today, okay? All we needed was just a few stops, and we were going to win this game. We couldn't get those stops until the very last one of them, okay? A team that is playing in the college football playoff today, one QB spy here or there probably wins you the game. All right. Um let, let's let's keep it a buck, man. We just need a rational defense. A, a defense with solid football IQ, good coaching pedigree. We just don't have that right now. And if those defensive players were sitting right next to me right now, I would tell them that. We don't play smart. We just don't. We get out of rush lanes. We don't understand down in situation. And honestly, it's not even just smarts. It's just playmaking ability. We just don't make a lot of plays. And honestly, today, one player made a frick ton of plays, and that was Mason Smith. He made a lot of plays today. Uh, It wasn't just the end. He he made some other really good plays. Uh, That gets me excited because I'm a former DT, and I collect a lot of his cards. Ha, 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 ha. so there you go. Let's, let's Alan with the follow up here. Short pass as well as a running game with some shots over the top. 
I do think play action could be a bigger part of our offense um, next year. Let's go to Chris. It's a good question. Why did they play soft zone in the beginning when all the success came from man coverage and pressure? Okay. It's a good question. But your first part of this isn't necessarily true. So the touchdown, first touchdown Wisconsin scored was on a a pretty gnarly pressure that we sent. Okay, so um, we actually brought nearly everyone. And Ashton Stamps was in position to make a play. He mistimed his jump. That was a really good throw, but he could have had a chance to make a play. Then their first first down, which was a really good throw um, by Mordecai uh, versus Andre Sam, we did bring pressure, but we had three QB spies. It was kind of weird. So, you know, we, we did some good things uh, pressure-wise. We just didn't make the plays. But I do agree, though, overall, Chris, we do play far too much pitch-and-catch defense, which basically means they run a route, they play pitch-and-catch, they get a first down. I do give the defense credit, though, for being better in the second half than they were in the first, right? 21 points in the first half, only 10 in the second. We'll take it, okay? Filet mignon men. Huh? 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 Don't worry. We have plenty of time to talk Dominant McKinley stuff. We're going to stay on this current game. If you do super tight a Dominant McKinley question, I do have some thoughts on that. I, I'll i probably just put those on Patreon. Thank you so much. Uh, Player X, I really appreciate you, man. you become one of my really good friends here. Jared says the super chat is broken. That's all good, man. I even called Jared before the game today, and he didn't even pick up my call. He said, Carter, I'm too busy, bro. Okay. Let's see here. Reggie, with everything you're going through, it's good to see you here. As always, man, you're always in my thoughts, my brother. Um. But yes, now... I've talked as much as I could talk about this game. All right. A few other things. Special teams. Uh, kind of a weird day, I guess you could say, for uh, Jay Bramblett. You know, it wasn't his best, best day. This was the most punts I believe we had in a game in um, in a while. Uh, or maybe this entire season. I think it was for this entire season. And let's see. Five punts for 190, average of 38. And uh, Jay Bramblett will be gone. So we do need a new punter. This was his last game. Obviously, the kick return game was abysmal today. And our kick coverage wasn't the cleanest. Uh, but Deshaun Womack did make a really good play on kick coverage. Also, something else, we haven't really kicked a lot of field goals this year because we've been so good at actually producing touchdowns, so that's always a really good thing, all right? So, yeah. Let's go to Player X. His Super Chat question. 
Venmo Cash App is wide open at Carter the Power. Let's check in on the poll question really quickly. Garrett Nussmeyer can lead LSU to a college football playoff in 2024. 73% of you say yes. I like that. Carter, with better D-line coaching, do you think we are a good to elite next year on the D-line? Um, That's tough. That's really, really, really tough player for me to answer this. Um, we, I will tell you this. It is beyond reasonable doubt that our defensive line will suck next year if we roll out not only the same defensive line, but the same type of defensive line that we've rolled out this season. I, um, Jared, thank you for your super chat as well. I will extend this out to the Jack linebacker position. I'll include them into this defensive line chatter. The first thing we need to do, all right, is try to understand what's going on here with Jimmy Lindsay. Okay. You know, he tweeted something out after the Dominic McKinley land. What is his role moving forward? Is he a staffer? Is he still a defensive line coach? What are we going to do? Right. You know, we, we just flip, you know, this massive five-star uh, defensive lineman. I think McKinley is, is, is very good. I, I'm not sure if he's like a, like a Mason Smith type of talent, but the, the recruiting sites, think he is and athletically he is brilliant now he he has got the tools um so you know you, you've done such a good job recruiting the defensive side of the football this recruiting class is far more defensive focused anyway right there's more defensive blue chippers and offensive blue chippers um so what what what, what do we want to do okay I think before we understand what the defensive line is going to look like or, or do, we have got to move on from Madhouse. I I just I, I have I'm not the big fire this coach guy. It's never really been my my thing. I know it's good for clicks and all that, but I I'm pretty uh, as ferocious as this tiger. I'm I'm pretty certain they need to do something else okay um i i, I just don't see it I, I don't see it okay um you know our opinions about madhouse would be a lot more visceral right now if there was a 12 team playoff this year and we would have been left out of the playoff Okay, because, you know, the whole Miss game would have decided us going to the playoff or not. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. It's 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 going to be very interesting. Yeah, Van, I I'm not so sure. I, I would I would like to think that he was involved. But honestly, it, one person that really turned up the heat on McKinley was Brian Kelly himself, um, which was very interesting. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I really, I really am. All right. Um, Ooh, TJ with a hot take. I'll address this, uh, here in just a second. Okay. 
But first. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season. And I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Yeah, tough game for Jay today. Uh, Tough game. All right. (sighs) Tough game. But for the most part, Jay Bramlin was a really good punter who we didn't really use this year, and that's a good thing. Uh, so there you go. Big shout out to Louisiana Controls and her support all season. Jared says he got a brand new 75 inch Samsung for Christmas and still watching the game in the garage. Grandbaby took over the TV. That happens. Um, all right, so I'll get to this from, from, from Chance. 20 wins in the first two seasons is impressive. But have we improved much? All right. The answer to that is obviously yes. We we have improved uh, quite a bit from from you know five hundred teams under um, Ed, and and now we're here. Okay. I really do think though, BK's decision making in game last year was better than what it was this year. I obviously disagreed with receiving the opening kickoff. All right. I I strongly disagreed with that. The next thing that I disagreed with, okay. And this, this didn't make sense to me at the time. At the end of the third quarter, all right, the play clock was running out and we burned a timeout. In the second half of a close game, if it is second and long and you're about to be at the end of the quarter anyway, just take the delay a game penalty and save your timeout. Those five yards are not as valuable as that timeout. Now, I know we ended up winning the game, but you know if we didn't get Mason Smith and, and Jordan Jefferson making those plays— they would have been able to bleed the clock all the way out before they scored the go-ahead touchdown. So, or bleed it even more and us not have as many timeouts for the drive back. So, we, we've we got to be better in game. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like receiving opening kickoff unless you are for sure getting seven spots every time. And that is hard. Really, really, really hard. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, ten and three is a better record than than ten and four. <laughs> huh? 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 Statistically, uh, percentage wise, it is. Okay. I don't know if I really agree with this. They did have a few explosive touchdowns. I I will say Toviano's touchdown saving tackle was the difference. Okay. This is if I if I were a defensive back coach, 
I would tell my guys if they're in the open field or if they're around the 10 or 15 yard line, horse collar, face mask, do whatever you can to bring them down. Okay. Um, the reason why that's so important is you do not, do not want them to score. You want to force them to execute in the red zone. So there you go. Let's go to Allen here. Was surprised Luke Fickle was so conservative on fourth downs early. They had all the momentum in the first quarter and second quarter. Fourth and two uh, from the 50 in the early first quarter with RD. Glad he didn't turning point early. I agree with that, Allen. And look, this is why I don't like defensive head coaches for the most part. Okay. Sure, you, you, there's the Kirby's and the Knicks and uh, the Tomlins. I mean, there, there's good defensive head coaches out there. But, man, I they have a tendency to be over-conservative on fourth and short. And he had another one. Obviously, uh, he had another fourth and two in the second half. Man, it's tough. It's really, really, really tough with Tanner Mordecai playing as well as he did today. But, you know, it's it's tough. It's 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 really really tough to um to make those calls. Okay. Uh, oh hell, we're still a full hour for Michigan Alabama. I thought it started like now. What what do y'all think is going to happen? You think Alabama's a lock? So we do have to give this out. Star Presley. Stepped up. We're sending him a Jaden Daniels print. We're going to give this one out. And uh, I think I have somebody in mind I want to give it. I like to give it to some some first-timers who have never won anything. Oh, I need to get more things to ship these things in. Okay. Reggie gives Nuss an A minus. I'm fine with giving Nuss a B plus. I, I think that's about where I would have him. Right. Obviously missed some first downs early and then you know you had to pick. But uh, but God, dude, it was good. Oh. What a freaking game. There, there he is. What's up, man? Selective. Uh, oh, you haven't forgotten about us? We had a good time. New Year's Eve was a good time. Brandon coming in with sources. Savage Tiger at B fan. All right. I hear that. 
So Brian says Steeples and Cooks deserves more of the blame. Yeah, it, it was a tough day for uh, for our safeties. Obviously, Andre Sam has had better games, and this was his final game in LSU. Um, but guy, he was a lifesaver this year. He was definitely our our best safety, uh, very much so. Okay, let's go. Sibley's probably getting. I I don't know if Sibley's going to the game or not. Um, if you see my dad there, tell him hello. I'm kind of jealous. My dad went to the Pelicans Lakers game. And now he's getting to go to the Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl is where my dad and I made our best memories. So freaking excited he's getting to go. He's getting to take uh, my mother. And uh, I've gotten a few of you super dads that went to the game today. Let's go to Sibley. What a great win for the Tigers. Ten wins, excellent. What do you think is the greatest takeaway going forward to next year? Can I just get one hook them from my PHL family? Uh, man, dude, a hook them. Do I really hate Texas? I don't think I could say I hate Texas. I think I've said it before, but really, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll give you a hook them. <laughs> Texas by 50. What do I think is the greatest takeaway going forward to next year? Okay. Greatest takeaway is this. Brian Kelly in his first two seasons has won 10 games. Okay. And that, as you just said, 10 wins is excellent. All right. But what does Brian Kelly preach, Sibley? What does he preach? He preaches something called process. I hear him say that all the time, process. All right. If you look at like both of these seasons that Brian Kelly has had, and you were to break it down in terms of process, okay, that's a, a cool buzzword. It's a word we like to use, you know, quite a bit. All right. I don't mind the word process. In fact, I like it. I like to think I'm a process-oriented thinker myself. Uh, Jason is actually watching this game or watching this live stream. He's actually at the stadium right now at the bowl celebration with this kiddo. He actually just sent me a video. This is basically right. Oh, this is a defensive play. So we get all 22 break. Look at you, Jason. There you go. Look at that. That's awesome, bro. Took the kiddo. That's what super dads do. Okay, right when I was, look, right on cue. Right when I was talking about how gracious my dad was getting really nice tickets to go to a thousand sporting events. We've been to so many. Like, I think I've gone to so many sporting events with my dad that, it's like 3X sporting events that most kids get to go with their their dads with. So I'm so spoiled when it comes to that. And I will also say this, Jason's kid is also spoiled. Jason's been to the College World Series uh, this year. He's, he's taken his kid to a thousand different games. So shout out to you. Um, uh, 
Nessa Chris Hilton will be lethal. Bo Davis from Texas is rumored to LSU next year. Well, let's actually um, let's actually talk about um, that because Sibley obviously is uh, really well connected at um, with uh, with Texas and uh, and Bo. No, well, Sibley just knows everybody basically. Um, this would be my major takeaway. All right. And thank you so much, Master Blaster. Slap you in. Well, let's leave Madhouse and Tampa. Ha! 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 The Master Blaster. That was a good Master Blaster. I hadn't let one out in a while. All right. Process. That's the thing Brian Kelly always preaches. So first year, we had a lot of lucky results go our way. Okay. But we got to 10 wins. Process, you can pick apart that season if you judge it based on process, right? This year, if you were to look at our 10-win season, you can also pick and prod with process, right? Did we win 10 games? Yes. But we should have had more wins. The year before, in Brian Kelly's first year, we won 10 games. We should have had less wins. Brian Kelly squeezed a lot more juice out of that team and roster situation. And this year, we let a lot on the table. We left a lot out there. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. We still put up seven yards per play. I am not sure if a college football offense has ever averaged at least seven yards per play in every single game that they played. Okay? Now, we did have some things go our way. We had pretty good weather in pretty pretty much every game that we played. But still, it's impressive. Very, very, very impressive. Um, okay. So, Brian Kelly's at the podium. We'll get to a few of his quotes here in just a second. Um, but, yes, you know, it's I, – I, I think overall – Sibley, up to this point, I'm okay with where we are as a program. But I do feel Brian Kelly is going to have so much pressure to get to a playoff next season. He's going to be safe no matter what next year. Garrett Nussmeyer is so good that he's we're going to have a good team next year. We just need Garrett Nussmeyer and a good offensive line. We do have that. And look, if Chris Hilton keeps playing the way that he's playing – we're, we're in a really good spot. Kyron has kind of shown himself to sh- with some alpha tendencies. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that uh, next year. So that's my big takeaway. If you look, Sibley, in terms of process, we got to be better. We got to be better. All right. Let's go to the Master Blaster. He says, sloppy win. But let's leave Madhouse in Tampa. I totally agree. We got to move on. Now, was the win sloppy? In terms of the word sloppy, yeah, we played sloppy. But what I would also say, Mr. Johnson Butler and Mr. Master Blaster. What I would also say is that was one hell of a game. 
<laughs> Very entertaining game. Lots of chaos, right? Back and forth, back and forth. And another double-digit comeback by the LSU Tigers. All right. One of the impressive aspects of Jaden Daniels this year was how many games he won trailing. Okay. Now, for me, I tend to lean towards comeback victories being slightly overvalued, but it's something. All right. So, Jaden Daniels had a comeback victory versus Texas A&M. Comeback victory versus Florida. Comeback victory versus Missouri, where he was losing in the second half of the game. Also came back from a pretty big deficit versus Ole Miss. Didn't win the game, but obviously Jaden was stupendously good. And look, it was great when it comes to comebacks. We're we're down versus Arkansas by, by, by 10. So the fact that Garrett Nussmeyer showed that same trait today was really impressive. If you would have said Garrett Nussmeyer, this was his first start, you, you nobody would have believed you, okay? And that's why I think the start was important, right? It's the full two weeks of you being the guy, and it's them knowing that they're going to game plan against you, okay? One thing I thought that was really impressive by Garrett Nussmeyer, where there were a few throws that he made where the defense was actually okay. It's just the ball was just where it needs to be. So really freaking excited about that um, with Garrett Nussmeyer. Okay. Robert was at the game as well. Glad you got to see Caleb Jackson in person. He is very impressive physically. Okay. Yeah, for, for the time being, LD88 will still do Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. We also do it Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Central. Uh, we might lighten the load a little bit during the offseason. Um, obviously, I'm growing the SEC channel and um, and doing a few other things uh, this offseason. Um, actually, DJing something else, weddings, uh, which is pretty freaking cool. I'm really excited about that. Um so obviously it takes time and preparation, travel, and all of that. Uh, so there you go. Now, let's go to Fantastic. It's a very good point. It's just, it's just a perfect comment. All right. You need more than just that. Okay. Here, oh, we got we got Cliff in here. Cliff's coming in, wanting to uh, he says he underthrew the ball to Hilton, which is true. He, he missed Hilton on a few things and doesn't attack the middle of the field, not sold on us at all. Yeah, Nuss does throw to the outside a lot. Um, but I disagree with the attacking the middle of the field. Um, you know, he had Mason on a good deep middle of the field shot. Um, 
And that was before like the BTJ fumble, chaos, fourth down stop. That was a good shot over the middle. Um, but yeah, you know, he missed some things over the middle. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. But to not walk away today feeling awesome about Garrett Nussmeyer um, is, is crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. Like, is he going to be as good as Jane Daniels next season? I'm not sure if anybody's ever going to be as good as Jaden Daniels uh, was this season statistically. There will be somebody. There will be other elite Heiser Trophy-level quarterbacks, but I think Garrett's going to be pretty good. I do. Simper says, did we fire Matt House yet? Yeah, the flea flicker was a little off, to say the least. Huh? Huh? Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I still think he was really good today. I, I don't think that that's uh, a hot take. So there you go. Now, here's what we're going to do. Because it is, you know, college football playoff time. I will answer as many questions as we possibly can in the next 10 to 15 minutes. And since we have discussed pretty much everything that I've wanted to discuss, to discuss about this game, I will happily talk about the future. Now, while you get your questions in, let's get to a few things that Brian Kelly said in the post-game press conference, okay? Uh, oh, this is interesting. So it wasn't Malik's decision to to go out. Brian Kelly on LSU after his second year. As we go into 2024, I think this program is stabilized and ready to ascend moving forward. Jacques Doucet. This, now, I'm not able to actually watch these clips while I'm here with you. Uh, so this could, you know, the power of the written word, right? Jacques says... Brian Kelly said, once he got the record, I said, that's it. You're done. He fought me on it. So I'm guessing Malik going into sweats uh, was not his call. Brian Kelly said he wanted continuity on LSU's coaching staff through the early signing period and the bowl game. All right. Brian Kelly says he'll finish the evaluation of his staff and decisions there now that the season is complete. All right. Brian Kelly called the halftime locker room one of the lowest points of the season. He was proud of how well LSU responded. They didn't panic. Okay. Here's a few photos from today as well. Cool stuff, man. I kind of like the purple unis in the bowl game, right? We've not really rocked them a whole lot this year. I think only in two games this year. It's good to see. Good to see. Jordan getting in Michigan minus two. I see you, big dog. TOV, I'm about to come at you, bro. I'm about to unleash on TOV. 
And y'all know I love me some TOV. He he gets us to the hundo when 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 it's almost time to give something out. We actually are close to that. Let's see. We'll give out something else. Um. So. Garrett Nussmeyer's at the podium. We'll get to a few of his comments. All right. I'm actually going to give this to a first-time winner, this Jaden Daniels print right here. Okay. I'm going to put him up on the screen here. Let's see. Okay, this is where I can put him. Congrats to Alan. He deserves it. Alan, I don't think, has missed a live stream in the last month or so. I think, Alan, you're a relatively new viewer. So, congrats, Alan. You're getting this Jaden Daniels print. I wish it was signed. Um, Maybe one day you can find me and get it signed. And uh, I will send this bad boy to you in the mail. Alan, all you got to do is email me. PowerHourLSU at gmail.com. Okay. Hit me up, bro. And please email me now so I can mail it out. Because sometimes I still got some stuff people um, want and they don't, they don't reach out. You got to reach out to me. Okay. Now. Let's go out something else. Okay. We are close to the hundo mark. We'll give out a Mason Smith card. We're getting there, though. So let's see. Oh, we're only a 20 super chat away from giving out this Mason Smith card. Okay. Turn me up. Kelly wants to talk some West Weeks. Welcome. Thought West did some good things today. Good to have him back. Good to see that gash on his foot is uh, better. Glad Robert got to go to the game. Lefty and PHLs get to go to games. I love bowl season. Let me just get it. Let me just go on a bull rant. I'm ready to unleash it. I'm ready to unleash it. Okay. Raylon in the flat town Zydeco. So let's go to this. Did Sloan win the OC job today? Yes. Yes. Him and Cortez will be co-OCs. And I think that's going to be done pretty quickly. Um. The bowl season's great. I'm sorry. It's great. I understand when we stretch out to 12, it's going to be easier for big bowls like the Citrus to where you don't have a 63-3 to situation with the Georgia and Florida State. Georgia still beats the crap out of Florida State because they didn't have Jordan Travis. It's not because all those other guys um, – Uh, it's it's not for anything else, okay? Um, 
Y'all, I, 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 I got to be real. I have never, never had more fun watching a bowl game than watching the Pop-Tart bowl game. There's two fake punts, the whole thing with the Pop-Tart, all the, all the memes from the Pop-Tart bowl. Y'all, the Pop-Tart bowl was fantastic. Bowl season is great. Are there some ugly blowouts? Yes, right? But part of the reason why the blowouts are so bad is because of the college football calendar, right? If Jonathan Smith of Oregon State is still the coach at Oregon State, that game is more competitive. But, you know, with the with the way that the signing cycles work, the coaches have got to get to their next stop and get ready for the next recruiting class. It's BS. It's BS. But, you know, both season's fine. I don't give a rip that Georgia beat the crap out of Florida State. People are making a big deal about that. Okay? That was an unprecedented situation. Florida Florida State had the worst college football playoff snub of all time. Nothing else comes close. And Georgia is probably the best team that we've had not make the playoff. So you had the best team in college football. I still think Georgia is the best team in college football. And you also had this other team that got robbed. It was two two opposite sides of the spectrum here. We overreacted to 163-3 game, right? Bowl season is fine. I don't need Danny Cannell's takes of, of, of why – this, that, and the third is, is is wrong with bowl season. We're getting the 12-team playoff. I'm going to miss this version of bowl season. Let's go to David. All right, let's, let me change the brand. I was put David on the big screen here. What's up, man? Carter, longtime viewer with my wife, Melissa. First-time Super Chat. Love LSU. Thank you for your channel. And pure content, pure content. I appreciate it. Happy New Year. You know what's funny, David? All right, and I, I honestly got um, so these kind of comments always make me choked up. I really appreciate it because it's people like you, David. I love I love people that watch in the background and never comment and comment for the first time. Because I understand, um, you know, it's only a small percentage of my actual viewers that actually comment. Okay, uh, I really appreciate that, and thank you so much. And David, because of that. You're the winner of the Mason Smith card. Congratulations, David. I'll send it out. And uh, hit me up with an email, David. PowerHourLSU at gmail.com. I'll send it to you in the mail. We got to celebrate the bowl season. We got to celebrate Mason Smith having one of his best games at LSU. I wish Dr. Morgan was in here. I know Dr. Morgan. You know she's living it up. She's probably at the game, so we'll talk. We'll get her on here a little bit later this week. Um... Yeah, J.K. Johnson, that's going to be an interesting piece uh, moving forward uh, for, for LSU. And, David, if you have a specific question, we'll go straight to it. But please shoot me an email, powerhourlsu at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at powerhourlsu. Sibley is at the Texas game. That's crazy.
That's good. That's funny. Have fun, man. Or at least I think this is at the actual game. Let's go to trying to be useful. I was disappointed in Harold Perkins' season. Okay. Let's have a, let's have a conversation about this. Because that's a loaded question. And welcome to the channel, trying to be useful. I don't know if you're to the left or to the right. We do have a growing female uh, you know, viewership. Shout out to uh, Melissa with the Super Chat a minute ago. Appreciate you. Um, Yeah. You know, with, with Harold Perkins' true freshman season – being as great as it was and then having what we've had happen, it sucks, right? But it's it's hard for, for him because – and it's just hard for defensive players in general. He, he doesn't have a defined position, right? And if you don't have a defined position – you, you have to do things to circumnavigate that, right? And obviously, it's very complex, and it's kind of hard to get too deep into it if we don't know what's going to happen with Madhouse. So I, I, have a, I have a lean towards what I think is going to happen, but we'll see. This is a loaded question from Chance, and I think it's a good one. Do you think today's game affected anyone going pro or staying? This actually is a really good question okay let's 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 take mason smith and mckay wingo as, as really good examples here they have a lot in common they're both players that have missed extended time due to injuries they both have played a lot of snaps okay and they both may ask themselves hey what is the equity of the decision of me coming back, earning the NIL check that they probably earn? They probably make close to six figures, if not more, maybe a little less than that. It just depends. Um, whatever amount of money if they make, if they make any at all, I, I would think that they do. Um, here's Here's what I would say. They both would make the NFL. They both would make rosters. I think those two in particular have the most interesting decisions out of everyone that played today. Another I'll give you is is Miles Frazier because uh, the LSU offensive line is playing so well right now. I mean, they were really playing good. And we'll see. But... You know, if you're Wingo, you come back, you wear the number 18 uniform again. It's a pretty good proposition if you ask me, right? And then Mason Smith coming back. You know, Mason Smith is a five-star. We've seen Mason Smith dominate games. I would say in the NFL game, pass rushing and beating blocks is more important than that in the college game. And Mason is really good when it comes to pass rushing at getting off blocks. Okay. He was the only one to really do it consistently today. Um, so yeah, you know, today might have pushed him into the NFL. 
we're obviously a better team with them than without him. And, you know, he's had a few dominant games this year. You know, the Army game was was good for him. Texas a was really good for him. And then this game was really freaking good for him. Um, very good. I mean, this was one of the better defensive tackle performances we've seen this year. So, we'll see. He did get a tutty today. Oh, you're saying play him at the end of the season? Well, okay. I'll also address the blockbuster opener because we do have another one versus USC, and they they're, they're probably going to be pretty good next year. Um, here's what I think about about, about playing difficult openers. You probably shouldn't do it anymore, but you have to play a power five team in the first month of the season anyway from from the out of conference because we don't have a power five team during. Uh, rivalry week. Oh, I've never said that word strongly at all. Rivalry. 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 Week. Van, hop on. Don't you see this? Don't you see the juxtaposition happening right here? A van is on the Nuss bus. I love it. Some Kevin Hart level humor right there. Good to see you, Van. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're just joining us, um, oh, I got to be real. The Gary Nussbride throws, he actually missed some. It's still the most impressive thing to me. Play clock running down. Don't have to burn a timeout. Get everyone lined up. Make an extremely difficult throw in the red zone to BTJ. It's just crazy. It's crazy. In your first start, getting everybody lined up, changing the play. It was good. Good stuff. So a lot of you have been asking me about KJ Jefferson. Y'all, y'all know I have my favorites. And my two favorite, or two of my favorite non-LSU things in college football, Gus Malzahn, K.J. Jefferson, okay? I think decades from now, we'll look back at what Gus Malzahn did at Auburn, and we'll be like, wait, he, he almost beat a national champion with... Nick Marshall, a DB at quarterback? Really? And you go to UCF, where they have framework, they have continuity, and 
You give him KJ Jefferson? Really? They're going to cut next year. Now, obviously, it's going to come down to what else they get in the portal outside of um, outside of that. So we'll see. And happy new year to you as well, man. Enjoyed our phone conversation uh, the other day. And um, yeah, when Van Super Chats, he's only he's he's only helping me get to LA again. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, look, uh, because it's Super Chat. I will dive into a few other topics that I wanted to get into today because I know what a lot of you want to talk about. Well, Cart, this was a meaningless bowl game. Tell me what you think about Dominic McKinley. Because I've been brushing it off. I'm like, I just want to celebrate the game. All right, we talk about recruiting so much, and we get 13 games a season, God willing. Next season, we'll get 15 because Nuss is riding the bus all the way to the college football playoff next season. But this year, we only get 13 games. 13. All right. 13 games. That's it. That's all you get. That's it. But I will talk about the recruiting land. All right. And this is how much Van loves LSU football. I texted this guy at 2 in the morning last night because um, I had a lot going on last night. Texted Van at 2 in the morning. And he responded immediately. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I like Dominic McKinley because anytime you bring in a five-star from Louisiana, that's what you want. It sends a message. You're not going to get into our state. We're going to flip five-star Louisiana guys back to LSU. Did it with Harold Perkins. Harold wasn't a Louisiana guy. Played high school football in Texas. But Katrina, you guys know the story. Um, Dominic McKinley is huge from you know a positional uh, versatility standpoint. Defensive tackle class wasn't great. Now it's pretty good. You get Sean Washington, and now you get him. Um, and depending on you know the growth of Ahmad Bro. Could be, you know, DT if everything goes correctly, right? And Gabriel Relaford as well can also be a DT. Um, you know, I, I I gotta be I gotta be straight up with you, man. BK pulling this off was really impressive, and if I might add. This will come off as an excuse, and I was actually going to leave this for the patrons and the Discordians out there. But I do tend to think that, yes, when it comes to bowl preparation, the staff is putting most of their focus into bowl prep, okay, and getting ready for the game. But you're telling me that the staff didn't put the foot on the gas pedal to get Dominant McKinley the flip on New Year's. That was awesome. Very awesome. Now, things had started trending kind of in this direction when Texas A&M lost Elijah Robinson to Syracuse. Okay. 
and McKinley could probably see that there was playing time available for the LSU defensive line. There's plenty of playing time. Honestly, in all three of the traditional hand-in-the-dirt defensive line positions, which McKinley honestly has the ability to play. But what I would tell you as a player is, you know, the little bit I've watched him, he still has a ways to go. Um, But I will tell you this. There's already been a clip that's out there of of him in a one-on-one setting just pile-driving another All-American offensive lineman, okay? The natural ability is there. The athleticism is there. So this, if everything works out the way it should, could be pretty big for LSU. It could be. But, you know, as a player, he still, he still, has, he still has a ways to go. And, you know, this was a question that I got from, you know, a patron. Is he the best player in our class? I still think, I I still am, until I see something otherwise, um, I, I, I still think it's Caden Durham. I do. I really, really, really do. Um, the, I'm trying. I'm trying to talk myself out of it because it's a hard path forward to playing time for him with uh, Caleb Jackson being there, and um, Noah Kane's got an interesting decision coming up. So yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be a fascinating you know next couple of 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 months here for LSU development. Obviously, I'm going to go through and do my final evals on everybody's high school tape, and then I'll release you know my final grades on everyone and my number one player in this last crop actually ended up being the number one guy, which is Lance Hurd. Um, he's got an interesting decision to make. So, you know, with five stars, it's, it's always difficult because they know that their services because of that potential is always uh, going to go elsewhere. So there you go. Yeah. TOVs solely. But surely, you know, we, we did hit 10,000 subscribers this year. I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, off-seasons are brutal. You know, th- th- this past off-season was tough. Really, really, really tough. So I am, honestly, um, I'm still going to do, like, pretty much my normal schedule here. But I'm looking to take that next step, whether it's uh, doing something national. I don't care. I'll, I'll do it for whatever at this point uh i'm i'm trying you know one goal i'm just going to put out there is that i'm going to be back doing national radio some somehow some way or just big radio again so i'm ready oh pj's wanting to do an all-time chat um i i'll I'll stay away from the all-time debates uh today respectively um, that's a good middle of the season debate, but obviously, you know, Joe Burrow's in that conversation for sure. Sip, what's up, man? I saw you in the chat earlier. I was waiting to see if you were going to be in here. Super dad, Sip G. If Nuts keeps that gunslinger mentality under wraps, LSU will win the national championship 2023. Nuts was really good today. He just was. I mean, there's, yeah, we, we, we can nitpick, but it was, it was good. Really good. Okay. Um, 
And then the LSU offensive line, I keep going back to that. These guys pitched a near shutout. They were really good. I am going to be interested to see how our run game evolves. I'm not so certain that our ability or inability to run the football is necessarily a thing of blocking or the running backs themselves. Some of it is just the play design. Are we tipping things? You know, one thing that I found to be very interesting, and if I was in the LSU room, this is what I would say. It did seem to me that when we would just do a traditional run, so not like a Jaden Daniels scramble or, um, you know, some form of like a pitch or something like that, just simple inside zone left, stretch right. It always felt like the defense had a ridiculously good call versus our run game. Okay. It just always felt like that. Is there a tell? Is there something that we're doing to give away? Is there something that we're doing offensively that makes us um, let the defense know that we're running the football with our running back? Um, It's tough, man. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, CK, it's just hard, man, to to, to go against Caden Durham right now. It it really, really, really is, man, because he's going to put on some weight. If he puts on weight, like he's smaller than Caleb Jacks. That's my biggest thing. You guys know size. That that's why I'm trying to push against Caden Durham, proving himself to be the most dominant player in this class. That's that's why I just keep pushing against him. I'm like, well, he's not the biggest guy, but when you run ten to seven. 10 to 7 is so, so, so fast. Like, you you have – it is so fast. You have got to be rolling to run 10 to 7. Welcome C. Hardy to the channel. Look at him. We need cover corners with swag. Yeah, we do. Um, the issue is there's only so many Jaquincy Kool-Aid McKinstries out there, right? Um, you know, what one thing that's one thing that's gonna be very interesting, and Todd Jr., I appreciate the compliment, is what is our what is our strategy going to be with, with NIL? I think we need to throw any type of bag to a corner, right? I, I, it would be nice to get one corner. It's also going to be interesting what's going to happen with Zy Alexander over the next couple of weeks. He's obviously going to be back next season. I think Zy Alexander showed me some, some, some playmaking ability, right? Oh, JJ coming in hot. Oh, JJ. <laughs> dropping it like a dropping it like a hot one here. Like I mean, this is a drop it like it's hot super chat. This is JJ saying when the pimps in the crib ma dropping like it's hot super chat. I'm going to put it back up there. I don't even know. I appreciate Turner, but I'm really looking forward to Chester. CT got overpowered too many times with nose tackle headed up on him. 
So when he got overpowered today, it wasn't because the nose tackle was head up on him. He had a very difficult stretch block uh, to make. He still shouldn't have been overpowered like that. So, touche. You're all right about that, JJ. Um, DJ Chester will provide a little bit more athleticism and raw blue chip talent. Yeah, obviously he's a four-star, really good four-star. Um, Let's not put the cart before the horse here, okay? Still a way to go in his development. And there are some players in this last crop that have some that have some center traits. Okay. I know some of you said center traits. And like, no, 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 no. We don't want sinners. We want sinners. See, it's a terse, a little bit of terse. Let's go to Brandon Bass. He's related to Brandon Bass. Or is it Brennan Bass? I played high school ball with the guy that ran a 10-5, and he's the fastest non-pro I've ever seen in person by far. 10-2 is unreal. Yeah. I mean, 10-2 is so freaking fast. It's crazy. Like, you have got to be... Oh, it is bass. There you go. I like it. Like the fish. Want some Whitworth nastiness in all offensive linemen. That's true. Andrew Whitworth was also like a five-star. Like, what a player. What a dude. What a dude. (laughs) Brian said I can't swim, though. So, uh, we'll take a few more here. Alabama getting ready to kick off here if they haven't already. Uh, I got the game over here. Oh, they got a Pat McAfee cast. Okay. Y'all McAfee fans?
CK, you want my shirt? Send me that shirt you're wearing. My wife hates the shirt. She does. Yeah, true story. So when I uh, did stand-up, I would always wear this shirt on Fridays. If I'm doing a, a set on a Friday night, which is often, um, I'm, I'm going to wear the shirt on a Friday night. Okay? There's an issue, though. Is... um. I'm not going to get into the story about where, why Friday night. Um, but still. So, um, the shirt, I do love the shirt. But the problem is, is I've gotten fat. And like these kind of like dry fittish shirts, if you're starting to get a belly, you, you can't rock them anymore. You just got to. Yep, the mads aren't showing up anymore. I didn't really ever have abs. Like, I've always been chubby, but I used to be in way better shape. All right, JJ. I'm not going to do, like, an MTV Cribs house tour. I'm not going to. But what I will do... If somebody wants to take my Camry, I shouldn't have given away what I'm driven because now you guys are going to scout me now. But if anybody wants to take my Camry and put it on Pimp My Ride with Exhibit, you you are more than welcome to take my Cam Cam and make it Bam Bam. So if, if any of y'all know Exhibit... Actually, I, I think somebody watching might know who that is. Uh, might, might know X. I donate my car to Pimp My Ride. Uh, that show was so good, man. I And I'm not a big car guy. I just love... First off, Exhibitors is great. But we will not do an MTV Cribs of my house. Because... Um, it's <laughs> who do you think I am? Flow rider? Here's the thing about Exhibit, though. All right. My only issue with Exhibit was you know, it, it was X, right? But, you know, there really could be only one rapper with X in his name. And it's DMX. 
I played a DMX song last night, New Year's party. And I'm not like some special DJ. I just know how to play good music. That's the key. I'm definitely not um, DJ Jazzy Jeff. Now, what's crazy is, is like when you really get into like DJing and all that stuff. And uh, you actually learn like DJing. You'll learn that like DJ Jazzy Jeff is actually like the GOAT. Like he's so he's so freaking good at like mixing and all that stuff. It's not it's it's not just um it's not just him being famous to Will Smith. He's actually really freaking good. Did he just throw a pick on the first play? Oh my god, are you kidding me? You can't, you can't be serious. Let's go to Pegasus. Oh, you got to throw that. Oh, you can't, you can't throw that late. Where is he throwing that to? That that is quite literally one of the worst ints I, I think I've seen. I would never draft JJ McCarthy after that one int. Dude, he's so good, man, and he's not like he's not like the most gifted spinner. Are they? Is that Al? I don't think a defender, I think a defender can be out. JJ, Carter with a stretched out Camry hot tub in the back with an internal fryer for the fried chicken and some mini tap to keep the party going. There we go. I'm not really a Henny guy, though, for being honest. And they reversed the call. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not an IPA guy, though. I don't do the IPAs. I'm a fruity liquor guy. Danny's not in here. She she knows. I've never even met Danny, but she knows. I'm a fruity liquor guy. Um. You know, one thing I've been drinking, I've been drinking the um, Simply Lemonades. Those are good. Those are good. The Spike Simply Lemonades. All right, so here we go. We'll, we'll do this first play, and then we'll skedaddle. All right, second play. Let's see what happens here. 
Where is why is he throwing the dig was open? Why are you throwing underneath there? Can't even get lined up, dude. Hmm. Let's see. Do y'all want to do? Y'all want me to do the first drive of Bama's offense? I can't. Oh, they brought the house on that punt. All right, here we go. We got Milrow. Hmm. Jared's back. Okay, what's up, Jared? Play action. Oh yeah, let's go, Michigan. Hmm. Let's see what happens here. 74, just... I let him go. He thought the guard was going to... Oh, that was going to be a nice gain on first, too. He thought the guard was going to get him. Okay, zone. There you go. Get those yards back. Nye Black's been their guy in these spots. 84. Let's see. They're crowding the line of scrimmage. I love doing that versus Milrow. I think I, I don't think that they I don't think that they actually bring pressures. I think they're they're backing out here. Now they brought him. There you go. There you go. I like that. Be bold, man. Oh, look at these bros. Uh, did he did he have the no he weren't he wasn't rocking that that hairstyle. Good play. All right, y'all. I'm gonna start cutting the film study. It'll be out tomorrow. We'll talk to you soon. It is power hour. LSU bump. And tonight, I don't know what we're doing. We're doing something. I gotta make something up though. Oh, don't tell me it was a fumble. Dude, I dude, this drives me crazy when teams play Alabama, dude. It drives me crazy. It it, it never fails. Special teams mistakes. It never fails. It if you're going to lose, just call fair catch. 
if you're going to lose to Bama, go down swinging. Okay, don't go down on muff punts. Top super chatter. It's not Sibley, but he's always up there. Creek, Ethan, Ed, Allen was the winner of a Jaden Daniels photo. Jason, Tony, Semper, David, again, Van, JJ. JJ bringing the heat. And tonight we're doing some lemon pepper chicken wings. Let's call. 